the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. As believers in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it is vital that we possess the mind of Christ. How do we do that? By consistently studying and applying God's word daily. We are compelled to let the mind of Christ be in us and assures us that as the children of God, we can have the mind of Christ. The question is, do we exercise this God-given gift daily? No matter what is going on around us, we should not fear, but trust God because he is with us from our beginning to our end. There is no wiggle room here. Either we trust God or we don't. We must know that no matter what we see or hear, we can have the mind of Christ. Have Bible, pen, and paper handy, and listen closely as Pastor Rander teaches us today. A child who refuses to listen, a child who talks back or makes bad decisions. I want to tell you something, mom and dad. When your children get grown, come to realize, I'm trying to de-stress you. Come to the realization today that you can't live your life for your children. And I also submit to you, you cannot stop living your life because of your children. So you don't live. You just stay in a rut. Oh, look at little Johnny. And you just forever weeping. And there come a time you got to drop your tears and go live your life or you're going to be dead. You got to live on in spite of the heinous decision your children make. They're grown. They're out the house. You can't control them. You have to give them over to Jesus. Call their name and say, God, here is little Johnny. Number seven, not having your deported ones to share special occasions such as Thanksgiving and Christmas, anniversaries and birthdays can lead to depression. Christmas can be one of the hardest times. You think about mama, how she could cook and the Christmas tree and the smiles of daddy or grandma, grandpa, aunties uncles and the great times you had as children and you look around as you begin to age and they're all gone and sometimes the, the Christmas ought to be the happiest time but all of a sudden you just get sad because you just miss them so much. Yeah. Number eight, some of you are depressed because of a lack of progress in your life. You kept on saying I'm going to do it tomorrow and tomorrow come I'm going to do it next year. Next year come now you're 55 years old and you haven't Turn the first page. It seems that you take one step forward and two steps backwards. And now all you can see is blasted hopes and shattered dreams and missed opportunities 
which has led you into a state of depression. Number nine, depression comes when we measure our self-worth by the standards of this world. Depression comes when we measure our self-worth by the standards of this world instead of the standards of God's word. He said, what do you mean? We measure ourselves, instead of measuring ourselves by the standards of God's word, you measure yourself by your weight. Your weight. You're so concerned about your weight that you do anything. Some people starve themselves to death because they're not satisfied with how they look. Their height, if I could be a little bit taller, a little bit shorter, my skin, I wish I could be a little lighter complexion, my beautiful, I'm ugly, where's that mold right there on my nose? Your abilities, your intelligence, why, am, why did you not make me as smart? Why am I slow? Uh, your financial status. Uh, how come I can't make as much money as he? You know when you go to pr- get depressed, it's when you begin to compare your, yourself with others who look a little bit better, dress a little bit better, make a little bit more. You are headed toward de- depression because God doesn't demand that you compare yourself to anybody, but rather harmonize your life with the word of God. Psalms 139, for those of you who have issues about your look, your color, your size, there's some things you can do about some of those things. You know, you want to lose weight, you know, go exercise. You, you, depression, you know, you can help yourself there. Go exercise, take a walk. You, be consistent. Psalms 139, 13 and 14 says, For you formed me. Who was you? God. God formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. You saw the substance cover the egg. Verse 14. I will praise you. Why? For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your words and that my soul knows very well. For many of you, this needs to be your life verse. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You bald-headed, you beautiful, you got a whole lot of hair, you're beautiful, you got gray hair, you got, you're beautiful, you change it red, you're still beautiful. I don't know why you want it all red and polka dot, but you're still beautiful. <laughs> you don't have to put the attachments on you. It's not necessary that you, you don't have to tattoo yourself all over. You don't have to have beads in your, all in your tongue, all in your lips, all in your, that doesn't define who you are. Matter of fact, you scare people. Some of you got so much stuff on them. You, you scare them and you try to hire me. They better run from you. <laughs> run, you run from, you know, you got this big grill and then you walk into an interview and the man see his, his reflections of his face in your teeth. <laughs> How you gonna hire somebody like that? You can't draw. (laughs) I will praise you. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You are beautiful just like you are. Just the way you were born. You're beautiful without the makeup. Now if you need a little help, go on and get it. I mean, if you think that's going to help you out, you know, it's nothing rushing out of sin to use makeup. It's not. 
He's not, we're not being legalistic or nothing like that. And you know, there's no, it's no premium on looking as drabby as you possibly can in the name of spirituality. <laughs> looking as homely as you can because I'm being spiritual. Oh, I'm spiritual. Look how raggedy I am. I don't understand some of these clothes anyway. You know, they wear, you know, the fashion design, they put holes all everywhere. I'm, I, 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 I'm different, I guess. I guess I'm just getting old. I, I can't buy nothing with holes in it, you know? <laughs> so you know, they buy it, it's all looking shabby. I said, well, that's, that's beauty of them. That's, that's, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's really okay. It's okay. Huh. Let's look at some biblical characters. This will give you hope. Let's look at some biblical characters who experienced depression. Moses. Moses. Oh, Moses. Numbers 11, 10 through 15. I'm going to read this. Moses heard all the families standing in the doorways of their tents whining. And the Lord became extremely angry, whining and griping and complaining. Moses was also very aggravated. Verse 11, and Moses said to the Lord, why are you treating me, your servant, so harshly? Have mercy on me. What did I do to deserve the burden of all these people? You say, how many? About 2.5 million. That's a lot of people. Man, I can manage this group. You talk about 2.5 million people? So he said, what did I do to deserve the burden of all these people? Did I birth, did I give birth to them, God? Oh, look how you talking to God. He had a relationship. He's conversationing with God. He just laying it all out. Did I bring them into this world? Why did you tell me to carry them in my arms like a mother carries a nursing baby, God? How can I carry them to the land you swore to give their ancestors? Verse 13, where am I supposed to get meat for all these people? They keep whining anyway. They keep whining to me. They whine and whine and whine saying, give us meat to eat. I, look, Moses, look at, look at this frustration. I can't carry all these people by myself, God. The load is too heavy. If, look at this now. If this is how you intend to treat me, just go ahead and kill me. <laughs> Do me a favor and spare me this misery. Ooh, it's a wonder God didn't strike him down, but God is a God of love. This, you think he's not depressed and frustrated? So when you get depressed and frustrated, you in good company. In this, in this passage, we see Moses in the midst of his own depression as he is overwhelmed and fed up with the pressures of leadership. He felt inferior to the task God had assigned to him, and the burden of leading the people appeared too heavy for him. He was so frustrated. Moses was so depressed. Moses was so burdened. Moses was so overwhelmed by the whining and complaining of Israel until he asked the Lord to take his life. In this account, we see Moses taking his eyes off the Lord and putting them on ungrateful Israel and their continuous grumbling, which spiraled Moses into depression, causing him to ask God to just go head on and kill him. 
Verses 14b and verse 15 says, he says, the load is too heavy. This is how you intend to treat me. Just go ahead and kill me. I'm tired. Like Moses, we take our eyes off God and put them on what people say and what people do that can really wipe us out physically and emotionally. What is the remedy for depression and will be done? What is the remedy for depression? Number one, you cannot adequately deal with depression unless you have the assurance of your salvation. You cannot adequately deal with depression until you first have the assurance of your salvation. Romans 10, 13 says, for whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Once you have been saved by Christ, then you need to cry out to Christ for deliverance from depression. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you know without a doubt that you're saved without a doubt and all the demons in hell can't make you doubt the validity of your salvation? Do you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? You believe in his death, burial, and resurrection? And do you reflect in your lifestyle that belief that you say you have? Number two, you cannot gain victory over depression until you acknowledge that you are depressed and refuse to live in denial. You cannot gain victory over depression until you acknowledge that you are depressed and refuse to live in denial. Psalms 139.23 says, look what it says. Look, what a, what, a, what a request. Look deep into my heart, God. What is that time you ask God to look in your heart? Look deep into my heart, God, and find out everything I am thinking. Now, some of us can't say that because our thinking is so bad. The psalmist in this verse got honest with God. He got real with God. This is the way the healing process begins is when you get honest and real with God. Number three, uh, what is the remedy for depression? God against isolation and inactivity. God against isolation and inactivity. Be determined to take on special projects that are of interest to you and complete them. If you don't complete the projects, you get more depressed. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10a says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. God created us to be productive in life, having no goals, having no dreams, having no plans or vision for your life is the surest way to end up in depression. Number four, refuse to be negative or receive negativity from others because it can be, it can bring on depression. Refuse to be negative. Stop being negative when, it, when people come to mind, people you don't like, people to get on your nerves, and every time they come up, you got a bad word for them. You got something negative to say about them instead of praying for them. Refuse to be negative or receive negativity. Some folk bring negativity to you. Hey, I don't want to hear that. I'm trying to straighten up my thinking before the Lord. So please, I, I, I can't handle that now. You keep that and deal with it, but I can't. And I don't plan to pick it up and I don't plan to receive it. Refuse to be negative or receive negativity from others because it can bring on depression. Instead of focusing on the deficiencies 
Look for positive things in your life which will lift up your spirit. I read this verse last time, but it's a a great verse, one of the greatest verses to ward off depression. And it's Philippians 4, 8. It's worth reading again. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, focusing on things that are true, not lies and deception. Whatever things are noble, the word is noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, not bad reports, not mess, if there is any virtue and if, if there's anything praiseworthy, focus on things that are praiseworthy. Then under that is meditate on these things. What things? All the things I just mentioned in this verse. You're meditating on the wrong things. And this is, this is affecting your mind, your mental state. Number five, unconfessed sins brings on depression. Unconfessed sin brings on a depression. Psalms 32, 1 through 5 says, Blessed is the one whose transgressions is forgiven. You want to be free in your mind? Then deal with the issues of sin in your life. But it does not necessarily mean that just because you have depression means you sin. But in other cases, it could be that you have sin. You and God know where all that pans out. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, covered by the blood of Jesus. Blessed is the man, a woman against whom the Lord counts no iniquity. That word iniquity is sin and whose spirit there is no deceit. If you allow deception to come into your life, deception will depress you. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. When I refused to confess my sins, get right before God, my bones wasted away, dried up through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you and I didn't. And I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions. Another word for sin to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. When you deal with sin and that, and you repent, and you turn from your sin to God. And when your sins are cleansed by the blood of Jesus, then depression begins to wane. Beloved, it is critical that you confess your sins so that you can experience forgiveness and freedom in Christ. Unconfessed sins steal your joy. Unconfessed sins steal your motivation. You know what unconfessed sins does? It ages your body. It makes it old before your time. It, it brings on depression. Unconfessed sin break your relationship with Christ and others and bring divine chastening from God upon you. Therefore, repent and get in right standing with God, which lifts the spirit of depression. Number six, get rid of your addictions. Getting rid of your addictions is another remedy for depression. Acts 19, 18 through 20 says, many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. Addictions will have a negative impact on your mental state. Private addictions. 
Addiction is steals your joy. Addiction steals your motivation for living. So you are struggling with if you are struggling with addictions, uh, you need to get rid of those addictions, such as overeating, too much sugar, fast foods, gambling, lying, drugs, alcohol, pornography, video games, television, social media, cell phones, to name a few. Sometimes God allows, causes you to forget your cell phone so you can go a day without it. And some of y'all would drive 50 miles back to get the phone. Those texts and those emails, whatever, it'll, it'll be there. So God is just trying to rest your mind. Sometimes God lets you forget so you can just take it. God takes it out of your hand for a day. And you're about to have a heart attack. What if you did that if you, some of you think more of that than you do your Bible. What, what if you go 50 miles back to get your Bible? 1 Corinthians 6, 12, some of you say we can do anything we want to, but I tell you everything is good for me. So I refuse to let anything have power over me. Be resilient, fight, and refuse to surrender to your addictions. If you repent, return to Christ, and deny yourself, God is able to recover and restore everything the enemy has stolen from you. Joel chapter 2 verse 25a says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. Number seven, the Bible is our most reliable and trustworthy resource when struggling with depression. The Bible is our most reliable and trustworthy resource when struggling with depression. It breaks strongholds. It gives divine guidance. The Bible will lift your spirit and encourage your heart. Beloved, listen to the words of comfort from the word of God right here in Zephaniah 317. Maybe it's foreign to some of you, but it is so good. When you get into the word of God, here's what it will do. Look at Zephaniah, little minor prophet, but a major word. Look what it says. The Lord your God is in your midst. He's present with you. The mighty one, that means nothing can come into your life that the mighty God cannot take care of. Will save. He will save you out of your condition. Save your life. He will, look, he will rejoice over you with gladness. When you allow the word of God to permeate your life, you live by the word, you speak the word, you memorize the word, you're excited about the word. He will rejoice over you with gladness. Do you know what the word will do? He will quiet the word of God. He will quiet you with his love. Because when the words speak, God is speaking. And the voice of God will quiet you, quiet your heart, settle you down with his love. And here's even more so. He will rejoice over you with singing. Isn't it something to have the Lord singing over you? Singing over you because of his voice and the word. Number eight, refuse to allow your trials to dominate your thinking. That's how you deal with depression. Refuse to allow your trials to dominate your thinking. Learn how to compartmentalize your issues. And then put them back on the shelf until... It is time for you to deal with them again. You're going to have issues. All of us have issues. You know, it's only two kinds of issues. The ones you talk about and the ones you don't. (laughs) 
You know? So when, once you deal with the issue, put it on the shelf, leave it there, go live your life, and don't drag that issue day and night with you. Put it on the shelf, leave it alone, and go on with your life, and then come back, take it off at the appointed time, deal with it, then put it back on the shelf, and don't let it rule your life so that you can live compartmentalize, refuse to allow your trials such as rejection, child custody issues where you are not permitted to see your children or your grandchildren, refuse to allow crisis of health, adultery, betrayal, unemployment, financial hardships, a failing score on an exam you really need to pass, refuse to allow a troubled marriage, a wayward child, and the death of a precious loved one to consume your life. Look to Jesus. Keep trusting in him and be patient with yourself. Hebrews 12, 2a says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus maintains a healthy mind and guards against depression. There is an old gospel song that says, be not dismayed, whatever betides, God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, Through every day or all the way, God will take care of you. Therefore, we have no need to fear, even through trials, tribulations, and the troubles of this world. We must exercise the priority of possessing the mind of Christ. Believers of the Lord Jesus Christ, be of good cheer, for he has overcome the world. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching and would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit MaranathaSA.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas 78109. And if you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the Radio Broadcast Support Fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.